Hello friends and welcome to another episode of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. My name is Clayton Croker coming to you live from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Three feet away from me, we got uh, Justin Anderson. We've got uh, Patrick Marsh joining us in Nova Scotia. If you notice that I uh, slurred Justin Anderson's introduction there, it's because I did. Um, just so everyone knows, um, got a little drunk before the old podcast today. Um, usually we do the podcast around 5.30 Saskatchewan time, and we're all fine. We all show up after work and we do the podcast. But today was the day that our boss kidnaps us, and we go to a small town Saskatchewan bar, and he pays for everything. So we get a little wasty pants, and uh, here we are. So just a heads up. I'm just going to throw this out there. It's okay with my co-hosts. I might be a little drunk today. It's one of the things I miss about okay. working at the radio station. And then I went into our work fridge, and the only liquor in there is Bailey's. There's not much so in there, is there? I'm literally drinking Bailey's straight from the bottle as we do this podcast. <laughs> That's okay with you, Patrick, right? Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're good to go, man. Let's do this. Clayton like, has I'm, a safe ride home. I'll drive him home Like, after. usually Patrick's the guy that goes off on guys. I'm going to go off on guys today. <laughs> like, I try to be the nice guy, but I'm trying. Oh, you're going to oh, be firing people into the sun by the end of this episode. Like, watch out, Aaron Sanchez. Like, you're going to get a fucking hurling today. Hurling? I don't know. That's the kind of episode it's going to be today, guys. Um, follow us on all the socials. We got Facebook, we got Twitter, we got Instagram, at uh, BFMD Podcast. Just make sure you follow us. Um, Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher. We're all over that place. Really appreciate listening. If you're listening on any one of those um, uh, websites, let's start it off with you guys. What's, uh, what's going on? Justin, we'll start with you, bud. Yeah, well, uh, just been doing a bunch of baseball i had a provincial championship last weekend did the plate in the gold medal game so that was pretty that was pretty cool justin's being modest by the way his company just got 40 fucking million dollars <laughs> yeah. of an investment he works for vandasta yeah and your company just got a huge input from investors or the government or the private investors yeah yeah our company is still privately owned we don't have we don't sell, sell shares or anything but yeah we had the largest uh Tech investment for a Canadian company this year, uh, forty million dollars. So pretty cool. We're we're at three hundred employees now, and they want us to double that in three years. So you guys are worth like millions of dollars. Yeah. Too. Like the one thing Over is a quarter like, of a million. Not a lot of people billion, know sorry. this, but like Saskatoon is like it's the Silicon Prairie, is yeah. what they're calling it now. Like there's a lot of tech companies here. But uh, Patrick, what are you up to, buddy? Uh, actually, believe it or not, I've been watching Blue Jays baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, guess I'm a bit like of a masochist. I've been watching more of the games. <laughs> wow, on a Blue Jays podcast. <laughs> I know, go figure, right? No, I don't know. Like, I don't know what it is. I guess, I guess, like, I just want to, I want to see the car crash kind of thing, <laughs> where it's like, I just gotta watch as these pitchers just absolutely destroy any chance of securing a win. Although tonight, I have to say, so far, knock on wood, Marcus Stroman has threw four innings. Uh, he's only thrown 61 pitches, and uh, it's a 0-0 game. So, nice. did, you guys, uh, did you guys watch the YouTube game last night? The game that was broadcast on YouTube? Nah, I don't believe that YouTube what? stuff. I boycott it. God, we're old. And we're like 28 years old. Oh, fuck YouTube. Well, I mean, Patrick Patrick, and I go halfsies on MLB.tv, so the fact that we couldn't watch it on MLB.tv yesterday was... 
So it's only on YouTube? It was only on YouTube. It was like when they did those Facebook games. Yeah. But, I mean, it was it's free to watch. But if you're paying for a service, I mean, why are you paying for a service if they're going to have some of the games on not on the paid service? It'd be like if Netflix started just, like, publicly offering their shows for free and you're paying for them. What Did you watch the <laughs> show on YouTube or no? I didn't watch last night's game on YouTube, no. I just watched the Game Center on uh, on my phone. I, I couldn't be fucked to listen to that broadcast. Yeah. It was different. Like, it wasn't the Jays broadcasters either. It was, mm-hmm. like, some YouTube guys. I also feel, yeah. before we get into the baseball stuff, I feel like we brag about Saskatchewan a lot. Yeah, we Here on the podcast. Because it's great. <laughs> if you don't know, come to Saskatchewan. We're fantastic. Yeah. But the Maritimes is, like, five times better than Saskatchewan. Like, where Patrick lives in Nova Scotia. Oh, you're giving me the shifty eyes here, I like, Justin. I'm, I'm, proud, I'm pretty proud of no, where I'm No, I'm from. pretty proud of where I'm from, too. <laughs> but I think the Maritimes is way better than Saskatchewan. Like, again, I'm a farm boy. I love canola. I love all that stuff. Ponash. Go Ponash. But I don't feel like we give the Maritimes enough love. They don't have Saskatoon berries. On I the was, podcast. I was rubbing it in Saskatoon with Saskatoon berries face. aren't that good they're to awesome. begin with. They're no, amazing. they're not. Saskatoon oh, berries kind of suck. Oh. They're bitter. They're not that great. In a pie, they're fantastic, but on their own, they're shitty. That's a lie. Clayton, these are serious. Like, this isn't just shots fired. This is you shooting from a fucking rail gun tonight. Patrick, I'm trying to help oh. out your area by being like, well, the Maritimes are better than Saskatchewan. And then they're attacked. Come on. Clayton's lost oh. WMD. I was, was going to be like, no, Patrick, give us like some shout outs for the Maritimes here. Because we talk about Saskatchewan yeah. all the time. Yeah, but Saskatchewan is interesting to me. Do you know what's not interesting? Waking up and 55% of the time it's raining. And then and the other 45% of the time it's snowing. So, like, come on now. I don't <laughs> – I, look, I'm fascinated with the weird little things that happen in Saskatchewan. For one thing um, – didn't you guys have like two murderers right now? There's like two murderers. The entire country oh, is like they're chasing. on the loose. Some yeah, oh, thing. yeah. Sounds like Saskatchewan yeah there is a uh, Megilski or Schmegelski or whatever that guy's name is, and the other guy. Oh yeah, they're on the loose. They think they're in Manitoba now, though. So they're coming oh. your way, Patrick. Yeah. Heads up. Watch out. The, I, my door is unlocked. I'm ready. See, that's what I love about the Maritimes. Doors unlocked. <laughs> doors unlocked. No one get. No one gives a shit. Like, you know, this doors unlocked. I just wanted to give the Maritimes a shout out. I just feel like, again, we talk about the Prairies a lot in this podcast. I wanted to give Patrick a, a chance to talk about the Maritimes. I'm thinking you're a thunderstorm. I appreciate it. I got nothing but love for Saskatchewan. And by the way, Saskatoon Berries... You guys got to send me some. They're not good, man. They won't keep. They won't keep? They're good, like, make, for make three days. For yeah. three days, Saskatoon berries are good, and then they're shit afterwards. But for those three days, I think that they're just garbage. I love them. They're not that good, my, man. Uh, my parents sent me some last weekend. From They have some bushes at home. You live in Saskatoon. How do your parents have to send you some? They grow them at home, and, and they taste really good. And they, Man, and you live just... in the city yeah. that the berry's named after. Go but to the fucking wilderness and just go pick that, that some up. That means I have to pick them. They're <laughs> growing wild all across the city. Our name is named after the berry. Clayton, you know They're what? literally on city streets. I could go across the street and buy socks at the mall, but I don't them off Amazon anyway. Unbelievable, <laughs> man. Unbelievable. <laughs> Um, yeah, Jesus. Um, <laughs> let's talk about baseball, I guess. Um, 
Let's talk about the trade deadline here because yeah, the July 31st deadline's coming pretty quick here. Um, I want to talk about Dalton Pompey to start the podcast, if that's okay with you guys. Sure. Patrick, if we let go of Dalton Pompey, do you think that's going to kick us in the butt in the future? Like, do you think that Dalton Pompey is going to turn into a future major leaguer, future or do you something. think that he's going to be another minor league guy that fell through the cracks? I think, well, I don't know about the answer to that question, but I do think it's a mistake that we DFA Dalton Pompey. If Dalton Pompey walked onto that roster right now and we DFA'd, I don't know, let's just say Derek Law, just for the sake of keeping all the other outfielders on the roster and comparing them, Dalton Pompey would immediately become at least our third best defensive outfielder probably our best outfielder base runner outside of maybe Guriel. Maybe Guriel's got a step on him. Um, and he's not a great hitter, but still, like, I really don't understand. Like, Teoscar Hernandez was flirting with the Mendoza line before he went on this hot streak. And I'm, I don't know. I don't understand. They give guys like Socrates Brito a chance. But Don Pompey? No. Get out of town. That's Don, nuts to Don me. Don Pompey would have made the roster at spring training, but he was hurt. Easily. He was going to make the team. He had no options left. If they hadn't traded him yet, he was going to be on the team. Then he hit his head on those bats. But, I mean, the guy in the major leagues, he's played in 64 games. He hasn't really done much. Like He's been replacement level, a replacement-level player. Like He hasn't done anything really to warrant me keeping him around he's at 145 career bats and he hasn't really done much he's got three home runs he struck out 42 times and only walked 12 times and he's still in eight bases he did have those big steals in the playoffs and that's why people seem to have this sort of affinity for him anybody can steal bases yeah though, man. i know if exactly an athlete, right anybody can steal bases and he's got that canadian flag next to his name so for some reason i know i was i was on blue jays subreddit today uh, or yesterday, sorry, after the DFA came through, and everyone on there was like either like losing their minds or be like, why the hell do you guys care so much? Like mm-hmm. he's not a good baseball player. Like he hasn't ever done anything in the minors to warrant sticking around. And when he comes up here, he does nothing. He hits two twenty. Who cares? Again, Randall he Grichuk hits two twenty. Two twenty. You're hitting two twenty, <laughs> and like, oh, well, he steals bases. Who, Who gives cares? a shit? Ben Revere can steal bases. And he's not in the league anymore. Yeah. He's not even in the minors. He's in our AAA system. He's for not. God's he's sakes. not, he's like, not even anymore. We, we let him go from our AAA him, system. Yeah? He requested I his like release. Benny. Um, yeah. So, out of the names that are available right now, Patrick, like if we can get any guy out there, let's say we trade Marcus Stroman. Yep. Let's just say we do it. What would you, okay. who would you want? Like who's the player on your list that you want the most? I know you think that he's not going to go to the Yankees, and I know you <laughs> want him to go somewhere else. But who would you think that we're going to get for Marcus Stroman? Um, if I had, do I have to pick the Yankees? He's going to go to the Yankees, man. I don't think that's true. He's going to Patrick. Do you agree with me that he's going to the Yankees? I sound so no. slurry right now, I, by I, the way. I legitimately think that what's going to happen is that Marcus Stroman is going to get dealt to an NL team, probably Atlanta. Yeah. No. He's going Maybe to the Yankees, guys. The Dodgers. Maybe the Dodgers. He's going to they're, the Yankees. I would say they're the dark horse. Or he's going to get dealt to a team outside our division. There's no 
fucking way that Shapiro and Atkins are going to deal Strowman within the division because that would bite us in the ass for a very long time. He's got a, the yeah, it's have almost to as if Shapiro and Atkins are up to something. Hey, guys. <laughs> oh wow, that's so weird. That's why we're saying they're not going to trade the division. Oh, oh wow. It's almost it, as if they're aliens trying <laughs> to fuck up our team as I drink Bailey straight from the bottle. Uh, you know what? If if I'll give you two scenarios. I'll, I'll humor you with the Yankees thing. If, oh and it's God. a big if, if we send him to New York, we better get uh, Davey Garcia back, who's the Yankees. It's according to Fangraphs, he's their number two pitching prospect. He's also 5'9". He's a shorter guy like Stroman, mm-hmm. and he strikes out a ton of batters. He's the guy that I would want back in return from New York. It, without any negotiation, he has to be in the deal. If he goes where I think he's going to go, and it's either Milwaukee or Atlanta, if he goes to Atlanta, we need to get Drew Waters back, who's an outfield prospect. He's a good player. He's a number four prospect. He's hitting three thirty six in double A this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have a ton of power. He's only got five jacks, but he hits for extra bases. He's got a little bit of speed. Um, we, I'd love to get Christian Pashi, who's their number one outfield prospect overall and like top ten in the league, but they're not going to give him up for anything no. uh, unless we can get well, unless we can package ken giles but then at least even yeah. then i don't no, know if do, they no, even we want to get enough for pa- we don't want to package yeah, I know, we ken don't want giles to. with marcus Stroh. we can trade them separately if we trade either of those guys to atlanta drew waters has to be at least in the negotiation as a starting point like if you give us drew waters we'll give you ken giles fuck one for one before i get into my conspiracy theory patrick <laughs> what do you think we're getting from marcus Stroman? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm on the same page as Justin. I would be interested in flipping Stroman for something in the Dodgers system, but I didn't have the time to prepare to look at their pitching prospects. I know, like, if this were two years ago, I'd be like Stroman for Julio uh, Urias uh, straight up, but I would not do that anymore because he hasn't panned out. Maybe... What about something like Strowman for Alex Reyes? I'm always talking about Alex Reyes for some reason. I don't understand why. I don't but... know if Alex Reyes is that good. He's has. We need really more for him. Out. We need more for Marcus Strowman. Well, I'd have to look at St. Louis's prospect system, but like, I don't want to get a a young raw pitching prospect and have to wait two or three years before they make their debut. I want at least someone who can come into the lineup and be R.A. Dickey level of adequate. Which right. might be asking a lot because the guy did win 49 games for us in his four years with us. Mm-hmm. I want that, and I want a delicious uh, top 10 prospect from any farm system. It's not. Yeah, it's, so- it's not asking a lot getting a big time prospect from Marcus Stroman. It's not. Marcus Stroman is an elite pitcher. He's proven too. He's a proven elite pitcher in this league. Why are people thinking that we can't get a lot for him? He keeps the ball on the ground. Yep. You know how many pitchers keep the ball on the ground? Not enough. Not many. Not many in the major leagues. If this guy goes to a proven winner like he was with the Jays three years ago before he tore his ACL, he was a dominant pitcher with the Jays. He can be a dominant pitcher for a defender. So why are we not asking more? We should get three prospects for this guy. We should get two solid ones and one wild card. That might work out. Yeah. I don't think that's too reasonable to ask. No. Is that too reasonable to ask? Two prospects and a wild card guy? 
that might end up being good. Is Patrick? Is that too much to ask for Mark Stroman? No, oh, like I, like I, I, I agree with the idea that we should be shooting for the moon, so to speak, when it comes to the the Marcus Stroman return. I guess the thing is, as a Jays fan and seeing what they have done in trades uh, in recent years, I like the idea of getting someone in the middle of the field who ends up overachieving, but also other pieces that immediately help us. So I don't know, maybe my mentality is I'd rather start winning sooner than later, which maybe is the wrong mentality to answer this question. Like maybe I should be thinking like all prospects and then just wait another two or three years. But I, I, I already hate losing. I already hate it. I got <laughs> a taste of the, the winning been losing for 15 to 20 for 20. And now I'm years. like, What's that? The Jays have been losing for 26 no, years. No, we had two years we didn't lose. Yeah, we didn't win the league, though. You know what? That still counts. <laughs> we'll count it. We'll count it. It's fine. But, like, do you agree? The thing that I'm I'm, I'm kind of – I'm really tore on is do we trade him for pitching or do we trade him for an outfield prospect? Pitching. Because we're super shallow at outfield. Pitching. And we have guys like Pearson, guys like Patrick Murphy, guys like – uh, Adam Klofenstein, guys like Eric Pardino, who are coming soon. And within a couple of years, some of those guys will be knocking on the door. Pearson might be knocking on the door in the, in the middle of next season because it seems that they're going to let him run this second half and see what, he, see what he's got, move him to AAA next year, and who knows what happens after that. It's There's guys coming on the pitching side. We're gonna we're not going to win next year. So we can, let our, we can afford to let our pitching prospects develop, but we need to infuse our outfielding depth pool with somebody who is ready to come by jonathan davis is not going to be the solution in, in, in the major leagues we all know he's not going to be anthony alford when he's healthy he was on a tear this season but he's been hurt for a little while he has an oblique thing the same thing that vladdy had in spring training he's swung too hard and hurt his oblique and he was on a hot streak too but we do not have that outfield prospect who compares to the way bo Bichette or vladdy were on the infield we don't have that guy in the outfield and we have guys like nate pearson on the, on the mound who are in that elite class but we don't have an outfielder We've got nobody. I think outfielders are a dime a dozen. You can get a we've iffy proven prospect they <laughs> that turns into a good. You can get an iffy prospect that turns into a good outfielder. Yeah. You can get an out infielder that turns into a good outfielder. But I know Patrick wants to talk about Marcus Stroman, the positives of keeping him. Yeah. So Patrick, it's it's a mini rant, if you will. The rant is a little little bit of a segment here on BFMD, but uh, a little mini rant about Marcus Stroman, if you will, Patrick, take it away. Well, boys, here we fucking go again. It's another week of Blue Jays news, and guess what pops up? Marcus Stroman in social media. Are you surprised? No. <laughs> Obviously <laughs> not. not. Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you, Peanut Gallery. Now listen, uh, this week, or in the last week, Tim and Sid called out Stroman on the show and seem like them. I'm not sure exactly what it was that they said. Maybe it was about him not being a great teammate. Um, I didn't listen to it because I don't listen to garbage. Um, but Strowman, Strowman took to Twitter with these words in reference to Tim and Sid. Uh, and this is a quote. <clears throat> They'll create any negative narrative to try and make it seem like my personality has pushed me out of this clubhouse. I've been the glue through it all. Love everything about this country and organization. The real ones get that. I'll always have Canada in my blood regardless. And then he had a little Canada flag 
right after that on Twitter. Now, I mean, you could say whatever you want on Twitter, and I don't know, you can interpret it whatever way you want. As exhausting as Strowman can be on Twitter, every sign that we have seen points to him being the most positive, unwavering leader in the clubhouse. He's a great it's guy. hard enough. What's that? He's a great guy. I mean, it's Good complicated. It's, it's hard enough to dignify this kind of accusation with a response to begin with. But listen, we've all said and done regrettable shit in our lives. Granted, none of us, as far as I know, have ever completely shunned our best friend out of no, seemingly out of nowhere, and we certainly didn't clip the ears of our dogs to make it look tougher. Ew. But I'm not saying anybody else has either. What I'm saying is there's been a lot of stuff floating around on social media, a lot of regrettable shit that's been said, a lot of controversy, and almost to the point of exhaustion. But he's always said the right things about wanting to be in Toronto, wanting to be a spokesman for the city. And this is going to end up being a really, really messy divorce if he does get traded. The fact is that unless he randomly has a heel turn and shanks the organization and the team and the fans going out the door saying brutal stuff, which might not necessarily be out of character for Strowman, but would be really odd considering he's never done that in all the time that he's been with Toronto. Strowman has been the good guy in the, the divorce proceedings. And it's complicated for us to handle that, given all the grief we've experienced from Strowman and his social media presence. So I guess my point is the team appears to have done him dirty, and I'm kind of sick of hearing about how he's a bad teammate and how this, this like bad narrative is going to negatively affect his trade value. It's not. He's not a saint, but he's also not above, you know, criticism. He's an all-star. He's like all of us. We make tons of mistakes, okay? He's not a player, though, who ever wanted out of town, and he did everything he could to be a Toronto Blue Jay in the long term. It didn't work out so far. It looks like he's going to get dealt. We don't know for sure, but still... The team did him dirty. That's just my perspective. The Toronto media has certainly done him dirty. Well, as a media guy, I wouldn't say that the Toronto media has done him dirty. I would say that they've represented a little bit of an iffy picture of Marcus Stroman. But I will say this. Marcus Stroman has done everything he needs to do to make it seem like the fans of Toronto... That he loves the six. He's changed his number. He's done all that thing. But I think it's because of his image. I have been a huge supporter of Marcus Stroman on this podcast. I think that he's been kind of messing with Blue Jay fans, though, because I think he's all about his own image. And he's not about the squad. If I was on the Blue Jays right now, and I saw the way that he's been doing Instagram... Does he ever involve other teammates in his Instagram posts? He posts about Vladdy all the time. Does he ever involve a picture with Vladdy? I don't know. Does he ever have a picture with any of his teammates on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter? How easy is that to post a selfie with them? It's easy enough Let's to tweet. To hey, my guy who doesn't speak English loves me, man. I love this guy. It's very easy to do that. Does he have photos with the other guys from the team? Does he have other guys on the team talking about how Marcus Stroman should not be traded? 
Are there is Aaron Sanchez obviously not Aaron Sanchez because they hate each other's guts, but is Justin Smoke, is Vladdy Jr., is any other player on the team vouching for Marcus Stroman? Are there publicly, any other guys? Are there no, any other guys publicly right now vouching for Marcus Stroman? It's a bad look if they did do that because the team is obviously in rebuild, and it would be pretty a pretty bad look if like say Aaron Sanchez was like yeah Stroman's my boy don't trade him yeah but he called like he said Danny Jansen my guy doing work did Danny Jansen come back and support his boy did he retweet him did he do anything like that that says something in the locker room I understand that he's had a couple interactions on Twitter I understand that I'm, not, just, I'm on Twitter right now pulling up all the video and pictures just, of it He's got one of Vladdy. It doesn't seem like the boys have his back. Because sometimes when athletes go on social media, you'll see the other guys have his back. I don't think the guys have Strowman's back right now. And he should have their back because he's the veteran on the team, and they don't have his back. Like, Patrick, do you think the guys have his back? Publicly? I mean, I would say no. But privately... I wouldn't doubt for a second that they do because he is the leader of the clubhouse. The problem is that because the team is in transition, it's really hard for any of these players uh, for fear of security to, to speak out. Like what's Vladdy going to say? Yeah, don't trade him. Well, then all of a sudden you've got a disenfranchised rookie who's supposed to be our star from now until time eternal. Uh, all of a sudden, he's going to be like publicly pissed off that we dealt our ace. Like, it's a bad look for everybody. Whatever internal strife is going on, as far as whether Stroman is getting dealt or not, nobody's going to say anything about it because it's a bad look. Can we all agree that no matter what happens with Stroman, there's going to be a huge divide in Blue Jay fans? Yeah. Like, there's going to be a ton of people that are like, what Remember the how hell? big of a divide there was when we traded Kevin Pillar? Oh, Stroman's going to be more. Oh, man. And, yeah, and remember, and remember what Kevin Pillar said about the team afterwards in the locker room? But also, Kevin Pillar has been playing pretty good for the San Francisco guys. Yeah, he's been their best hitter uh, on the team. He's been shitty. playing very good in the field as oh, well. The tape. Yeah, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> don't want to get into it. It's over. It's over. Done. I don't even know why I brought it up. I just be. don't think. I think that Marcus Stroman has been doing all this cool thing. You know, I love the six. I love this just for his public image. I don't know if the guys on the team like him that much. I don't get that vibe. Yeah. If they did, why aren't they saying, hey, don't trade this guy? Like, maybe they are, and maybe the Jays are like Kawhi Leonard, and they just keep it all under wraps. But the Jays have never been a team like that. I Say if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, tell me. No, I don't think you're wrong. It's, it's hard to say whether or not you're wrong or not because the the physical evidence that's in front of us says that you're right, but that's, I mean, the correlation doesn't equal causation in this case. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily know that they're supporting him privately. And Agreed. I mean, again, Agreed. professional baseball players are usually smart enough not to run their mouths on Twitter and not to post regrettable shit. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard for us to be like, yeah, they're they don't like them, or, or they don't like Strowman, and like, 
It's, it's it, You could say it either way. You could say, yeah, their lack of a voice indicates that they don't like them, but a lack of a voice could also be the fact that they don't want to speak out publicly about a private internal conflict that they're having. Mm-hmm. Like these are pro ball players. They're not, they're not junior high students. It's not Degrassi. They're, Let's just put it that way. Like, it's not Degrassi. Not see, but like they're supposed to be held to a higher standard, right? Mm-hmm. Like I would think like, let's talk about maybe the best baseball player on the planet right now. Mike Trout doesn't really talk very much about things. When he does talk, it matters a lot. Everything that he said about Tyler Skaggs in the last uh, like month or so, it's it just goes to show just how good of a dude Mike Trout is. But like, he just he keeps his mouth shut. Yeah, two guys I want to get before we get to the Hall of Fame here: um, Matt Harvey and the Rockies. I know the Rockies aren't a guy, but. Um, who would you guys rather talk about here, Matt Harvey or Blackman with the Rockies? Like, who would you rather get into here, Blackman? Because yeah. like Matt Harvey has been rumored to like be on the trade block, but he's old. He's, he's better, he got released this week. Yeah, he's not gonna be. He's not coming to the Jays. Let's be real. Here. Nobody's signing. He, Harvey yeah, no one's signing league. Harvey not to a major league until deal anyway. like yeah, they're gonna try him to like a minor league deal, and then maybe he comes up for the playoffs. But like, if that ever. How could the Rockies trade Charlie Blackman? There's rumors out there that they're shopping him. How do you trade a guy like that? I mean, uh, very just, easily. You pick up the yeah. phone, call someone up, and then say. I know Listen. it's easy to trade, but like, again, yeah, Justin, how like Charlie Blackman's awesome <laughs> he's at a baseball. Very, he's a very good ball player. And um, he's great in the clubhouse. Good clubhouse guy. Loves Colorado by all accounts. I just don't see them moving him the return would really have to be something astronomical if you're a jays manager who would you give up on the jays right now for charlie blackman he's 33 years old i wouldn't give up anybody who would you give up on the jays if we were, if we were competing i would let's say you have to trade someone for charlie on blackman. our on our 25 man roster yeah is that what we're doing to trade a couple guys for There's charlie blackman who would you give nobody up? really on our roster who i think the rockies would really want in return realistically though who do, like marcus stroman and ken giles <laughs> that's our like go-to for it's everything not a right good now. Pa- it's that's really... not a bad package though. Charlie Blackman's thirty-three though. Good he's, ball player, He is though. great. He's got a big contract. Yeah, I think he's got about three or four good years left in him. His average annual value on his contract eighteen mil. <sighs> he's yeah, he's thirty-three. He's still batting three eighteen this year. He's got a career three oh four average. But again, Coors, let's look at the splits. I bet you what, it's home. What about Syndicard? Noah? Realistically, if we could get Syndergaard, if the Mets were like, hey, we want to send Syndergaard your way. Okay. Back to Blackman for one moment. Home away split. He's hitting 415 <laughs> at home and 237 on the road. Coors Field. Coors Field. Huge red flag. He's got 16 home runs at home and five on the road. He actually has 30 more at-bats on the road, too. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. Patrick, that's, that's I have a, a proposal for you, Justin. <laughs> I want you to I imagine yourself to be the Kansas City Royals GM. Okay, imagine just what sit, a terrible job. I'd probably be on suicide watch. Put, put put on a Kansas City Royals hat for a second. No okay? thanks. That's Grow a Amish kid. Beard, like the guy who made that illegal catch or whatever. <laughs> reaching over I can't the, get over that Amish kid. I hate that Amish. Uh, 
Fight that fucking kid. That fucking that, kid. I'm leaving. We it's, don't I'm... really fucking swear on this fucking podcast, but fuck that, that fucking Amish kid. kid. Oh that my... fucking kid. <laughs> I'm drunk and I don't fucking care. That fucking Royals kid. Uh, he's the worst. He fucking cost us the World Series title. <laughs> Fucking beard, his <laughs> fucking eyebrows. I didn't reach over the wall. I didn't reach over the wall. I was, the wall. You know I was just three feet thing. over, like I'm fucking Mormon. You fuck. Amish, oh, whatever. Mormon <laughs> Amish. Who you fucking cares? It, it, it was. It was a good catch. It was a good catch. Not really. Good Lamar catch, but it was illegal. Glove. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can it fucking illegal, catch it. It was a good catch. Honestly, it's, it's like, like fucking. It's the movie. No, it's the movie Sandlot when fucking Benny the Jet tells him to just lift his hand in the glove in the air, and he hits it right in his fucking glove. That's what that Amish fuck did. Just put his hand out and it hit right in his glove. <laughs> fuck right. that kid. All right, dial it back, Clayton. All right, let's get back to this little. I warned everyone that I was a little tipsy beforehand. You're you're the Royals GM. And I'm, I guess I'm Ross Atkins. This is, I already hate this, like, role play. But anyway. Too, sure. Oh, you so you're up to something. You should have thought this one through. Oh, so you're a conspiracy theorist is what you're saying. It's already a disaster. So I approach you and I say, I'm interested in acquiring Whitmerryfield. I like his bat. I like the fact that he is not necessarily a home run hitter, but the fact that he's able to produce the way that he does at Kauffman Stadium at least when it comes to singles and doubles, it appeals to me. And I think if he were to move over to my team, the Toronto Blue Jays, going into a hitter's park, he would easily be able to hit more home runs and more extra base hits because he's a very high-quality contact hitter. Okay, What would it take for Whit Merrifield to become a Toronto Blue Jay at the deadline? I don't know why we're doing these scenarios where we're buyers. We're not. Yeah. Like, I don't think we're going to give up a lot of prospects. It's not that we're buyers. Listen. Okay. 30 years old again. Like, why are we trading for 30 year old outfielders? It's not just him. It's Brady Singer. It's Daniel Lynch or Jackson Coar. But none of those guys have done anything in the big leagues yet. We don't need them to. They're the top prospects in the Kansas City uh, prospect. Okay. We could. We could resolve our problem of having a shitty outfield by getting Whit Merrifield and get back a couple of pitching prospects for Marcus Stroman and Ken Giles. Why wouldn't you do that? Singer's not having a great year, but... I'm not sold on this guy either. I don't know, man. I, I just don't really see any scenario where it's logical to bring in Whit Merrifield when we're trading away guys who are just entering their 30s, a.k.a. Marcus Stroman, Ken Giles. That's that's fair, but I'm saying it's is there a universe where we get a high quality player back? Is there a universe? Back? Yeah, I mean, if you believe in God. infinite universes, there's got to be one out there. But oh, for fuck's sake, Justin, I'm talking about like, <laughs> like take our take all of our guys we're looking to trade. Okay, Freddie Galvez, Eric Sogard, Marcus Stroman, Ken Giles. If we were to package more than two of them together. I think we would be able to get back and a good quality MLB player ready to play now, as well as high quality prospects. Like, why not shoot for the moon? I don't know if that's shooting for the moon though. It's with Merrifield's. I mean, he steals bases, but like shooting for the moon to me would be Syndergaard. That would be shooting to the moon. Yeah, but like that's how I describe shooting to the moon is a guy like Syndergaard. I don't describe shooting for the moon for a guy like Whit Merrifield. I have such a hard time with with 
with any hypothetical trade, whether it be us as sellers or us as buyers, because I know for a fact that us, that we as fans of the Blue Jays, or if we were fans of the Braves, or if we were fans of the Yankees, we value our own players more than anybody else does because we get to watch them 162 times a year. That's the problem with, with doing hypothetical trades as all fans of the same team, is that we we believe that our guys are worth more than they are. And don't get me wrong, Marcus Stroman and Ken Giles are going to fetch a healthy return, but they're the only ones in our roster who are going to fetch any return. That's going to be like... Mm-hmm immediately noteworthy we might we might get lucky like we traded we traded steve pierce for santiago espinal last year and he's and he's playing well in the minor leagues that uh, that short stuff we got from boston but that was just like that's one situation i mean we got jacob wagu's pack from aaron for aaron loop he's made a start for us but i mean he's not a noteworthy player though the thing with marcus stroman and ken jaws is yeah we're gonna get somebody noteworthy for them but these other guys we're talking about, like Sogard, we might we we'd take a compensation draft pick for Eric Sogard because we signed him to a minor league deal in the offseason. We didn't think he was going to make the team. And Freddie Galvis, the dude's been really good. He's beating his really career, he's beating good. his career numbers by a lot right now. A lot. And we might get something for him too. And we probably thought he was going to be a stopgap for Bo Bichette, and we might actually be able to trade him and get Bo up sooner. First of all, no one should be a stopgap for Bobochet because go Bobochet is the guy. Flobochet. Shut up! I heard your exhale. Bobochet's the guy. No, I like Bobochet. I was just getting ready to say Flobochet. Yeah, He's got I, the sweet flow. I flubbed that, I flubbed that a bit. Whatever. <laughs> all... Let's get to the Hall of Fame. Can we all yeah, agree? Let's... let's get to the Hall of Fame. Let's move on from okay, hypothetical been... trades because okay. it's gonna go nowhere. Yeah. No. Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, Mario Navarro, Roy Holiday, Edgar Martinez, Mike Mussina, Harold Baines, Lee Smith. Um. Great class great class like one of the best classes of all time huge class let's take out Halliday who would you say is the best player in that class Rivera <sighs> yeah Rivera is the best one Rivera is the easily. best might be the best player yeah, even with Halliday in there no offense question. to Doc you know what I regret my question I regret <laughs> my question I, I who's redacted. the least deserving player in this thing there's uh, no least, least... I don't want to play this game there's no least person here like they're all good there very very clearly is the problem is i don't want to say it <laughs> because all i'm gonna do is justify justin's hate on of the designated hitter and i'm not playing that game i don't play like that so I'm as gonna much as, as much as I despise the the career DH, I do love me some Edgar Martinez. Man, Harold Baines was pretty fucking good too. Yeah, he wasn't that good. Yeah, he was, man. For the Sox back in the day, man, Harold Baines was pretty good. He couldn't play a f- defensive position. Though. Yeah, but that's okay. That's why the DH is there because he could hit bombs. Yeah, well. I know, but that's a part of baseball. It's a part of baseball. It's the Baseball Hall of Fame. The DH is part of baseball. In an an ideal world, there's no DH. I understand that you don't like it, but you have to respect the fact that he was a great DH. I don't respect Edgar. Like Edgar is a no doubt about it. I think Hall of Famer in my mind. Yeah, he's the guy. But I think Harold Baines. I think that's the one guy where it's like really DH Harold Baines. But Harold Baines was great for the Sox back in the day. He, uh, he had a 21-year career where he yeah. hit 289. There's not that many guys in existence who have those numbers. The guy, like, if you look at the number of games he's played, the hits, the guy is just like, I don't know how he survived that many seasons of mm-hmm. playing. I understand, like, he did it because he was a DH, but still, 
the body breaks down at some point, but Harold Baines just kept going and going. It was crazy. But that being said, it's, I mean, that's my answer. It's Harold Baines as the least deserving. The most deserving is obviously Mariano Rivera and Roy Halladay. Same Mussina, uh, man. Man, Mussina is so underrated. Mussina, uh, the fact he got it on 76.7 boggles my mind. Mike Mussina was dominant. When he pitched for the Orioles and when he pitched for the Yankees, that guy, his off-speed stuff was insane. He's a real pitcher. Like a real pitcher. A, re- a guy who could bring the fucking heat and a guy who could just change it up. And, like, I love Doc and I love Rivera. I have a picture of Doc in my man cave in my basement. <laughs> but Mike Mussina might be one of the most underrated pitchers of all time because he played for the fucking shitbirds, and then he went to the Yankees. And I think the fact yeah. that he went to the sure. Yankees afterwards, I was like, oh, he just went to the Yankees to get his ring, whatever. No, 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 no. Mike Mussina made the Yankees way better. Like, Mike Messina was really good. That yeah. guy had he 50. Did. That guy had 50. They, never won, a title. they yeah. never won a title with Messina on the roster. Yeah. Did they not? Which yeah. is crazy. Holy it's shit. absolutely he, crazy he to think of. Man, my bad. No, my, that my baseball history is off. I'm sorry. That's all right. But I thought, like, man, even, would, they, but assume, even when right? he went to the Yankees, though, he was dominant for the Yankees. Yeah, he won like, 20 games in his last Those were some season. of those Yankees teams <laughs> that should have won, I should have said, whatever. Yeah. But... I'm going to ask you guys a real question here. We're in some real stuff here. <laughs> do you really think Roy Holiday deserves to be on this list right now? Yes. Or do you think he should have waited? No. Do you think he should have waited it. a couple of years before he got in there? Listen, oh, I did the Patrick thing. Roy Holiday, since like he came into the league, still leads Major League Baseball in complete games. Since he like since he debuted in the league, mm-hmm. he still has the he still holds he had a hundred and some complete games in his yeah. career. And I'm asking the question by like the that. way on behalf of the people who think he should not yeah. be in the Hall of Fame. I think he's a first ballot I mean, Hall of Famer. People will say that because I mean yes he passed away and it definitely brought publicity to him. But let's look at Ray Halliday. Like the guy we 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 had the privilege of watching Doc for like twelve years whatever it was, 10 years, whatever whatever it ended up being. We got to watch him win that Young Award. We got to watch him throw 10 inning complete games. Mm-hmm. We got to see that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he never, he wasn't one of those guys who struck out 10 batters for nothing. Like, he was maybe like a six or seven guy. But again, he was like, he was like the pioneer of, of the, I guess, starting pitcher with uh, ground ball stuff in the 2000s. Like he was the ideal major league starting pitcher. He was a guy. He showed up to work out at like 4 a.m. in the morning the, the tweet from hazel may mm-hmm. this week where it was like was going to interview doc at the philly spring training and they they told me you can you can leave him at you can interview him at seven she's like oh is that when he gets here he's like no that's when that's he's when leaving he leaves. <laughs> when he's yeah. leaving his morning workout at 7 a.m i think he deserves to be in there because so many baseball not just so many 100 percent of baseball guys Nobody has anything bad to say about Roy Holiday. Hell out of Roy Holiday. It's coming out now that yeah, he had some, had some sub. Not I wouldn't say substance abuse problems. Yeah, but he was taking some pills and he was doing some shit. Who among among us hasn't had a low point in their life? Maybe his fucking shoulder was ruining him because he threw so many complete games and he needed those pills to get through the fucking night. Who knows? No one knows. But the fact that every single baseball player 
respected the hell out of this guy. Mariano Rivera respected him enough to teach Mariano him Mariano Rivera called him the best pitcher of he all time. Called him, he taught him the cutter. That clip is nuts. By <laughs> of the them way. at the All Star game, that clip yeah. is nuts. Where he like drew his grip on the fastball. The guy on the ball with the best cutter it. of all time got taught by Roy Holiday. Like Patrick, let's no, go on for a bit here. Like, like, what would you say to the people who think that Roy Holiday don't deserve to be a first ballot guy? Uh, I, objectively, like, and it's really difficult to do that. I can understand the argument. For one thing, Halliday was never the best pitcher during his career like he was never number one like he was never the the absolute best pitcher in baseball at any given time during his career which is an unfair metric to weigh a player because there could be guys like for example hank aaron hank aaron was never the best baseball player at any given time during his like 25 year career however long it was but that being said, Hank Aaron is still one of the 10 best baseball players in the history of baseball. In an era where it was not easy to hit that many home runs, the dude hit 755 home runs, and that record stood for like, what, 25, 30 years? It's, and it, it took still be steroids still to beat it? <laughs> yeah, fair point. I mean, that's bananas to me. But anyway, I digress. I can understand, too, the fact that his... Uh, in, induction is posthumous, which does kind of help to propel his name into the zeitgeist of baseball, and it makes it easy. It's an easy vote for the baseball writers of America to make, to be like, Roy Halladay, that's an easy check. You know, God rest his soul, all that stuff. I get the seedy part of it with the, the struggles that he had in his final years. And like Justin said, We've all had low points. Are we really going to like die, do a deep dive into every single player who's ever made the Hall of Fame and what type of uh, seedy things they did? Because if that were the case, Babe Ruth probably wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame <laughs> at all. Like, I mean, are we? Are, neither would Ty Cobb. Like, are we, we really going to like, take uh, those shots? We should look at all their tweets from 12 years ago and bring all that shit up. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it's not that. It's The, the issue is that we're – we have no choice but to look at Roy Halladay with thi with this lens, with what we've got in front of us, which is that, yes, he passed away. Um, but if you look at his numbers, if you change the name to Bob Smith, Bob Smith would get into the Hall of Fame based on his numbers alone. But the fact that Roy Halladay was an incredible person in and around the diamond during his entire career was universally respected enough so that like we've already said the greatest cut fastball thrower of all time taught him his grip yeah like like i can't think of any other player in the history of baseball and trust me i read enough about baseball that i feel comfortable saying this i can't think of any other player who commanded that level of respect from a contemporary that they actually provided them insight that made them a better player to the point where they both got into the Hall of Fame together. That's nuts to me. Like, it's unfathomable, especially since the guy we're talking about got into the Baseball uh, Hall of Fame on his first ballot at 100%, which means he is the only person in history, in the 80-something-year history, to get in unanimously. And that guy thought Roy Halladay was the best pitcher of all time. I think and that's, 
I think the fact that Roy got 85.4 sucks. I know that people thought he might need a couple more years, but man, like, I thought 90s at least. And I love the fact that him and Rivera and Mucina went in together. Pitchers, man. Pitchers, man. Mike, we're not going to see a pitching era quite like we did in the late 90s and the early 2000s like we did. Those pitchers were insane. They and we've all seen that screwball yeah, they weren't just Instagram hard, yeah. video from MLB or whoever, for what it was from, the Rays pitch or whatever. We will never see pitchers like we did back in the Those day. Those guys were workhorses. Those they, guys were They compl- weren't just out there throwing gas. Right? They didn't have just one pitch that fooled people. They yeah. had four. And they worked hard at it. And it's it's crazy how Halliday and Rivera and Lucina were just the guys. On all of their teams were just the guys. By the way, uh, Eric Sogard just broke up Shane Bieber's no hitter in the bottom of the seventh. Good. Fuck Justin Bieber's dad. Bieber, <laughs> <laughs> before we leave the Hall of Fame thing, I do have one thing I want to say that kind of bothers me. And it's the fact that with all the attention going towards Mariano Rivera and Roy Halladay and to a lesser extent Edgar Martinez and Mike Bucina. It is way past due that Lee Smith gets into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but his name was... sucks. His name's Lee Smith. <laughs> boring. Baseball I, name it, standpoints, his name sucks. <laughs> I get it. It's boring, but Lee Smith was like the premier closer in baseball, more so than someone like Dennis Eckersley or Goose Gossage. Uh, granted, those guys probably won more championships than Lee Smith did, but Lee Smith was a beast and he actually his career uh crossed over with everybody on this list except for roy halliday and i have no doubt to say that lee smith would have been just as revered uh as the best reliever of his era no doubt uh more so than eckersley who is probably doing a jig right now after throwing a piece of garbage into a garbage can oh my god what a show about like Imagine having the audacity to be just the most flamboyant showboat player of all time and then calling out a young player to be like, you got to cut that shit out. Imagine being such a hypocrite. What I'm trying to say is, unlike Dennis Eckersley. It'd be like Donald anyway. Trump telling somebody they tweet too much. Yeah. <laughs> well, nonetheless, <laughs> Lee Smith had a weird journey to the Hall of Fame where he never quite got enough votes and the problem was that all the old fuddy-duddies who vote on this thing every year didn't like the idea of a specialty player and now this year there were four specialty players that went in two relievers and two dhs so all those old dudes who eventually are going to lose their vote because they're going to die of old age or whatever i'm so happy that they lived to get to see their era come to a close with guys who are specialty players get into the Hall of Fame. Now that the Hall of Fame talk is done, I think that's it for this episode of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. Um, thanks for listening. Whether it was on Stitcher, whether it was on Google Podcast, TuneIn, Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen, really appreciate it. Um, if you do listen, follow us on socials. Uh, give Twitter, us a review too. Facebook, Instagram. Give us some reviews. Give us some questions. Give us something. You know, we want we want to talk about your questions. We want to talk about you guys. We want to talk about anything. Um, for Justin, for Patrick, really, really appreciate it. Um, who has the uh, extra song today? Patrick's got it. Patrick, what's your song? 
Uh, well, we did a Matthew Good Band song a few weeks ago. I think we did Hello Time Bomb, um, but I wanted to load me up because I was thinking about all the trades that we might be making, and I want our team to load up with prospects and also Whit Merrifield. So oh, with the guys running, with the guys load. running our team, we'll do the opposite of load hey, up Patrick, because they're up to something. If you like Whit Merrifield so much, why don't you marry him? <laughs> no, Please end don't, this Patrick, don't give him pity laughs. That was horrible. It's better than your pity puns. Um, First of all, at least my pity puns get a little bit of a laugh. That was bad. Mary, what was your thing again there? Why don't Just you repeat marry, it. Why don't you marry him? Because he's with Mary Field. But, like, how does the field interact with that yeah. at all? Marry him in a field. Who cares? Boo! <laughs> Go, Jays. How come I can't? How come, like, oh, I'm mad. I'm mad. How I think... Are they saying boo-urns? Boo I was <laughs> saying boo-urns, hands mo man. I, I just don't like the fact that I say a bad pun. Everyone calls me out. Justin says one bad pun his whole life. No one calls him out on <laughs> Side it. Side note, I didn't know what the boo-urns thing meant until like a year ago. Because I never watched The Simpsons growing up. So I didn't really know what it was. I didn't care about The Simpsons. Well, how do I still you just don't. slide that in on the last I, I 30 I seconds? I don't care about The Simpsons. You've never seen The Simpsons? <laughs> never seen that episode. I've, never, I've watched like maybe five Simpsons oh, episodes in my I'm life. No, I'm, I'm more mad at the fact you haven't seen The Simpsons than your I awful just don't, pun that you I, I was watching on. baseball. <laughs> Boo Earns? There's a, there's a baseball Simpsons episode that's yeah. like one of the best baseball episodes of all time, it's of not, any TV show. It's not real baseball. I'm talking Homer. When Ken Griffey Jr. is there, and you got the big head, and fucking Daryl Strawberry, you got it, coach. Didn't watch it. Fucking, oh my god, I'm so mad. I said shave those sideburns, Mattingly. Yeah, Eckersley, shave those sideburns! You're on my team! Like, this means nothing to you. I'm so mad. You've never (laughs) seen the softball episode... Of the fucking Simpsons. Well, if you want to walk home in the rain, uh, you're welcome to. Let's get to Like when Wade Boggs is arguing with Barney about I, the UK prime ministers or whatever. Sure. Lloyd Mosley or whoever it is. And he knocks him out and he's, oh, man, I'm mad. Oh, we're ending the podcast on a real negative note today. I'm sitting here laughing at to myself, by the way, everybody who's listening right now. That's like that's an iconic episode of TV. I'm talking home. Okay. This this is the end of the episode. It's Matthew Goad load me up. Just it's over. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick, for redoing the extra. I really appreciate it. Thanks a bunch, everybody. Still mad. (laughs) 